comic. Why so serious? What? I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger mission. Logic. Dance off, bro! Me and you! Comic. What? Logic. Welcome to Comic Book Logic. I'm your host, Joe, and with me as always, my co-host, Kevin. Yo. And today we are <laughs> reviewing the 2013 abomination, Man of Steel. <laughs> the dramatic retelling of the legend of John Henry. <laughs> oh, God. John Henry was a steel-driving man. Uh, Drove steel all across so, the land. So uh, we're going to start this podcast off like we start off every podcast. Kevin. What did you know about Joe Stalin? <laughs> All right, I'm joking. It's not Joe Stalin. What did you know about Space Jesus? Space Jesus? No, no. AKA. No, what did you... I, we already talked about Superman we, in the we 1970s. About... So I'm going to ask you, what did you know about General Zod? Ooh, General Zod. Um, well, we unfortunately have not yet talked about Superman 2, uh, where we actually get General Zod. Uh, the original appearance of him on film, and that's it. That's all I know because I have seen, but we like we said, we have not discussed. I know Superman he was played too. by Terrence Stamp, and his hairline was really high in that. He had a really crisp beard. Yeah. No, uh, General Zod was actually the character first appeared in Adventure Comics two eighty three in April of nineteen sixty one, created by Robert Bernstein and initially designed by George Papp. George Papp, um, I think, best known for the creation of Aquaman. Oh. Yes, I think that's exactly it. Um, General Zod is a megalomaniac Kryptonian in charge of the military forces on Krypton. Um, When the space program was abolished after the destruction of the inhabited mood Wegthor, he attempted to take over Krypton and was banished to the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Where he later popped out and Superboy put him back in the Phantom Zone. Superboy, so, huh? Superboy, not Superman. No. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, that's that's kind of underwhelming. Yes, right? I know exactly. <laughs> Didn't now, even get to Now let me tell you this. I feel bad as a comic book fan because I actually thought that Zod's first appearance was in the Superman movie. It was in Superman. Oh, I didn't really? I didn't know that he was actually in the comics beforehand. Yeah. Wow. Um I never knew that. I thought he was just like something created for the movie. Like Richard Donner was like Everything in the Superman is terrible. Let's create something that's cool for once. Yeah. And uh sure. Let's give it to Terrence Stamp. <laughs> yeah, Superman, I mean, doesn't have this is probably may or may not be the forum for it, but I feel like Superman doesn't really have a you know, Batman has that rogues gallery, yeah. right? All those great villains. Yeah. And even Spider Man, I know a lot about Spider Man's villains. 
Uh, I don't really know. I mean, Superman's got Lex Luthor. That's pretty much it, man. And, yeah, and then, just, you know, burglars. And burglars. He foils. Not even robbers, just right. burglars. <laughs> foils burglars. No. In actual, like, burglar masks. There's a couple good ones in the in the Superman um, pantheon of villains, like his rogues gallery. There's not many, though. Yeah. I mean, of course, he has Lex Luthor. Um, Brainiac is one. Oh. Um, the Eradicator. Uh, General Zod is is in there. Dark Side, um, Doomsday. There's Doomsday, a couple. Yeah. There's a couple heavy hitters. But the problem is, is that you know Superman's one of those characters who has all of the powers. Just all yeah. of the powers. Yeah, he could do, it's he, your fighting god. He, he could project a mini Superman out of his hand, <laughs> and then so, little mini Superman can he, I don't know go do his shopping. He for could him. F- fight the comet for him <laughs> while he's. Looking at Lois Lane's underwear, telling her what color it is. Uh, so you have to, in order to have a character that can compete with Superman, you have to at least put him up to Superman's level, which is what makes Lex Luthor so great, because Lex Luthor can outthink him. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him so great. Um, Zod, on the other hand, is able to outpunch him, I guess, or at least punch up to his level. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it on Zod. Asswipe. What do you think? Did you see the game? Leave him alone, Pete. Oh, what, he was girlfriend? I want to hear what he has to say. Come on! Dick splash. All right, so we talked about we said that we're talking about the 2013 Superman Man of Steel. Now, uh, Kevin and I just watched this. Yeah, we drank very heavily during it. <laughs> well, yeah, it, we 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 drank quite quite a bit. We we did yeah we did some drinking. Um, so I mean I'm gonna recap this the best that I can with my notes. This movie, I I will I have no pretenses. This movie, we are not going to have the highest rating on this movie. This movie is a steaming pile of garbage. I'm sorry, people. This movie is garbage. <laughs> it's, this is a garbage movie. All right. So starting off, the first sequence, the first twenty minutes of this movie, we 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 kept track. the The opening twenty, 20 minutes, minutes take place on the planet of Pandora. Yeah. This movie is exactly like Avatar. It it's is Avatar combined with the worst elements of of like Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god. There's some exactly. Star Wars prequel level crap. It's it, it it's all green screen and the whole basis is is that I mean, we have to put it in comparison to the 1977 Superman. There's no way that you can't make the comparison between Jor-El is jumping around, he's riding a flying dragon. dragon. Why is he Right on a dragon. Where's that be? What's that happening? So Jor-El All right, confronts. I got to work up to this level of outrage. <laughs> Jor-El confronts the council, saying that they have to leave the planet. The planet's about to collapse, and then. Uh, Zod comes in and shoots. Yeah, he's pe- all like climate denial, there. you know. No, he's, no, he's or they're not. all climate denial. denial. He comes yeah. in. He's just like, we have to do this thing. We, we don't. He know agrees why. with Jor-El. Right. He completely agrees. But Jor-El's like, he's like, uh, uh, Zod's. Well, no, we're gonna wipe out the bloodlines of all the idiots. And Jor-El's like, who are you? Who are you to decide who the bloodlines to wake out is? <laughs> and he's like, I'm Zod. I'm the one who's actually doing something. I'm doing what you want to do. We're going to get off this planet. 
We're gonna make things right. We're gonna make them. We're gonna make Krypton great again. <laughs> Hashtag make Krypton, Krypton great, great again. again. <laughs> and and, and Jor-El's like, whoa, 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 whoa. General Trump comes in. Yeah. And he completely agrees with Jor-El. And Jor-El's like, well, we we can't do this. You we know? can't. We can't do it that way. Yeah. Oh, hold on there. Hold on there. But he knows something. He knows that he knocked up his wife. Yeah. And they gave birth to an actual space baby. Yes. Um, cause, because apparently... Named Superman. They're <laughs> named... They named him Superman. A little presumptuous. There was a man who came to Earth. You know, some guy's son. Decided <laughs> to save us all from our sins. And his name was Superman. <laughs> he used to drive that blue car. Um... Uh, <laughs> His name was E.T. E.T. <laughs> e. I love that little guy. I love that little guy. No, and so, yeah, uh, so so he decides he wants to fight against Zod because Zod wants to kill some people. Okay, I get that. That makes sense. Right. We have to have this dichotomy of the fact of Jor-El but- just wants to save people. Zod yeah. wants to kill the people who dooms no, Krypton. No, no. Jor-El doesn't even want to save people. Jor-El wants to save his baby... He's going to get the codex, which is, I don't know, some carvings on half no, wait, a weird uh, australopithecus. Yeah. I've had too many beers to say that. Skull. And he's going to imprint it on his son and send him off into space well, so he can do something. He doesn't... There's no reason to fight Zod because the planet's going to blow up in 12 minutes. <laughs> That that's pretty much I exactly. I love that it. it's like the planet's about to explode. And they're like, well, we don't know if we agree with that. It's going to blow up in twelve minutes. Well, that should have been really clear. Well, that's that's the thing is Jor-El is arguing with the council, trying to get them to give him the codex, which literally means book. I don't know a genetic book, be, so that he can send it off into space and, and save Krypton. Because he's like, no, we're all doomed. It's like, well, yeah, everyone you here guys is going to die. Flying spaceships already, yeah. so I think you guys could fly off the planet, right? You think we could evacuate the planet? Yeah, there's only like twenty of you. Yeah, just exactly. get on the spaceships and go. But then yeah. Zod is like, wants to do that same thing, but only the certain bloodlines, the rich. Uh, which is fine. Like, let him do that. Why is... They're all going to die anyway. Let I think him we save really, whoever I think we should take the great bloodlines of Krypton, <laughs> get them onto spaceships, and fly them off this planet. I, that's what we need to do. Just the great bloodlines. Make Krypton great. Again. <laughs> you know what? My Why were you doing a Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Sanders, though? I think I you were trying to do, like, I can't Bernie, do Trump. Trump, Bernie Trump. I know. <laughs> the one percent... Krypton great. The one percent Krypton is. We need to make Krypton great. No, it's the one percent <laughs> of the ninety percent of the Kryptonians who exist to supplant the rich. So Jor El yeah. flies away on his dragon. space dragon and, and steals the skull, and then he jumps off and he dives in the water, and then there's robots shooting at him. It's he meets up with with his it's wife. You're watching a video game yeah. is he, what's happening. He meets up with his wife and he's like, "Just stay behind, I'll find you." And he jumps into the water <laughs> and oh no, wait, that's a way better actor. Uh, and he gets the skull and he puts the skull into a laser thing and it puts the laser into his baby. And apparently what that does is that instills all of the genetic information of all of Krypton into his son who he shoots off into space in a giant space penis. Right. Sends him to Earth, specifically. I don't know why Earth. He just... 
That's well, what he says. Well, yeah. Because of the sun. I guess the sun. Because of the, yeah, he says. Yellow the, sun. He says he's got the yellow sun. He'll be able to use, his cells will be able to use that. Corn is called maize. Corn is called it's, maize It's a whole there. thing. Um, they have the Kardashians. <laughs> That's, you know, not great, but we'll, you know. I like to think because. No one's perfect. Because in this universe, Superman never existed as a comic book in 1939. That the Kardashians don't exist anymore on this planet. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. I, I like Zeppelins to think. everywhere. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. I guess. All right. So yeah, it's just <clears throat> so monster. Yeah, oh no, wait. And then Zod, because he gets mad at Jor-El for shooting the space penis off, stabs him. Oh yeah. And Zod kills Superman's super dad. Yeah. He kills Super Dad. And then he gets banished to the Phantom Zone. Only he doesn't really kill him because he's in the movie like six more times. <laughs> he's in the movie for a whole three hours. <laughs> and he actually interacts he with the characters. He has the, the characters. second most amount of screen time in this damn movie. <laughs> I think so. Even though he dies in the first 20 minutes. <laughs> I think that's probably accurate. Uh... <laughs> So Superman, uh, yeah, uh, Zod and his like handful of ragtag followers he doesn't really have a whole army. He has they like get, four henchmen. They get frozen they get in carbonite. Frozen <laughs> carbonite, and they get launched into space penises and launched into the Phantom Zone. And they're literally punish- saved. Their punishment yeah. is you aren't going to die, die. on this planet. Yes, everyone else is going to die on this planet in eight minutes. When now. the planet turns into fire. Everyone's going to die, except you guys, because your punishment is to go to the Phantom Zone and not die. Poor Vulcan. (laughs) Sorry. Poor Alderaan. Sorry. Poor Krypton. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. (laughs) But Alderaan's a peaceful planet. Mm. (laughs) Um, So... So Superman in his spaceship goes flies to Earth. And he crash lands on Earth and wakes up as a bearded man on <laughs> a, a schooner. Ship. It's a schooner. <laughs> on a schooner. Off, the deadliest, off an oil rig. The deadliest catch. <laughs> turns, an episode, Kevin, he wakes up in an episode of Deadliest Catch. Kevin, it turns out that the deadliest catch is man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, he's out catching... I don't know, lobster off the coast of Alaska. Yeah. And there's an oil rig that's about to explode. So he goes off yeah. and saves people. And they're like, forget about it. They're all dead. And yeah. then it's like, he's gone. And I then he's shirtless. He's shirtless. What about the other people on the oil rig? Forget about them. <laughs> there's fire there. Have you seen the fire? It's true. Yeah, that looks scary. And he showed up and then and he saves people. So we we yeah. get the sense now that Superman is, he's got his powers and he's, you know, he's got his 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 super various strength. super strength, his superpowers, yeah. such as they are, but he's he's anonymous. No, yeah, he's not not Clark Kent anonymous, just you know, bearded drifter anonymous. <laughs> bearded drifter anonymous. <laughs> that's what he's doing. I believe that that's actually my uh, AOL h- handle from back in the day for my. Uh, you hey, were, well, you yeah. were bearded it's drifter sixty nine. AIM name was bearded drifter. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> we gotta stop dating ourselves on this thing. Um, so then, of course, we get flashbacks, and it shows that young Clark Kent, you know, he he can't control his powers. He's seeing through people, seeing their heartbeats, hearing everything around him. He's got to get calmed down by the voice of his mother, Diane Lane. Yeah. Uh, the bu- <laughs> He gets called a... Uh, <laughs> it's dick called a dick splash, splash. at least once. By, uh, by a young, red-headed, fat kid named Pete. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's called Dick Splash, and literally his dick gets splashed when the bus flies over That's the true. one river in Kansas. All of their dicks get splashed. All, all of the dicks get splashed as the bus goes into the one river in, in Kansas. Right. And Clark luckily is able to save the bus, mm-hmm. but everyone gets like these weird religious things about like how Clark saved everyone by pulling the bus right, out every, of the water. Right. Everyone saw it, obviously, and they know that Clark somehow saved them through a miracle. Yeah, they obviously don't jump to the conclusion that he's an alien. They jump to the conclusion that he's Jesus. I guess maybe it's a miracle. He's miraculous. Yeah, he's he's it's, an angel. It's, it's he's Bible a, Belt. We yeah. got Bible Belt. I don't mind that. That doesn't bother me. That jives with the setting. Yeah. is that true to the comics? No, Kansas. Not at all. Where is he? Well, he's, he's Smallville's in Kansas. Okay. Uh, Not necessarily the the thinking he's Jesus thing, but just no, I was just no, thinking yeah. Kansas because that's yeah. that's a logical way to update that. I think. Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm a little okay with that too because I do think that if you're setting something in Kansas, you have to deal with the fact that it's in Kansas and mm-hmm. they're a backwards ass state <laughs> who believe in nonsense. Uh, I'm not saying that the belief in in a higher power is nonsense, but I'm believe the belief that you could take evolution out of a textbook is nonsense, right? Yeah, and that's where they're that's where they're coming from. Right. So of course they're going to leap to the conclusion that he's an angel because they're not told any different in mm-hmm. school where yeah. you're supposed to be taught things, right? Um, <laughs> that's very true. Uh, so yeah, I could I could see people having a religious epiphany over this, um, and of course he's confronted with his father Jonathan Kent as played by. Uh, Kevin Costner in this mm-hmm. movie, who's told that, you know, maybe you shouldn't let these people die because you can't let yourself be put out there. And Joe, how do you feel about that? I hate that <laughs> so much, and I will get into that later. The portrayal of Jonathan Kent in this movie uh, just scars me physically. Yeah. Like, I, I just want to self-flagellate myself every time I see that, just so I can cleanse myself of the image of how they portray Jonathan Kent in this movie. Uh, meanwhile, flash forward to the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the present, I guess. Or the present. Or or the past, because it's 2013. So the past, future. That's true. Yeah. Um, Amy mm-hmm. Adams, as playing a go-getter, Lois Lane, is with an army base, and I in kind of the... A, Arctic, uh, green. They don't really say. I don't know what she's it's cold. doing. It's like it's what? cold. Why is the reporter or writes for a newspaper somewhere? I don't know what she covers. It's like, do they? She's an investigative reporter. They have the budget to just send her to the Arctic to cover this. She's the only reporter. Nobody yeah. from CNN is there. Huffing- Nobody from the internet. Nobody from the Huffington, Huffington Post. Post. Nobody from BuzzFeed. Yeah, top seventeen crazy things we found <laughs> on this weird spaceship in Nate the Arctic. Silver's not there. Nate you the Silver's odds. not there, telling you what the percentage of uh... the the fact that this might be actually be an alien. Yeah, none none of those people are there. No tumblerinas are there. No tumblerinas. <laughs> no one of theirs any of any importance is there. Right. It's just Amy Adams, one the, reporter from the Metropolis Daily Planet, and Christopher Maloney from the Special Victims Unit. Just in case there were any aliens there and they've been sexually assaulted. <laughs> bung, bung. Um. Yeah, she's there investigating what might be an alien spaceship because you know that's what the government would do. They'd go, "Holy crap, this might be an alien spaceship!" And, and reporters, come here, you got to see <laughs> someone, this. Someone. Someone get an intrepid reporter. Just one, though. 
and she meets up with, of course, she two, must have won a raffle. I don't know. <laughs> two members of uh, Battlestar Galactica, yeah, are there. Gaeta and, uh, and Hilo, Hilo are mm-hmm. both on this Arctic base. Sure. Um, and she's accompanied by a gruff-looking like handler who's kind of like carrying her bags. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rory B. Bellows, I think, is his name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you get that reference. I uh, don't. No. That was Krusty's name when he pretended to be dead. Uh, oh, when wow. the doc. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. People. I'm Rory B. Bellows. <laughs> uh, and she goes and looks into the spaceship, and she gets attacked by this little, like, robot thing. And yeah. the, the, her, her handler finds out about this, destroys the robot, and, you know, she's hurt. She's going to be cauterized. She's got to have her wound cauterized, so he uses his laser eyes to cauterize her. <sighs> And f- he flies the spaceship off somewhere, and there's, like, polar bears and crap, so it's got to be on the North Pole somewhere. Yeah. Um, not the South Pole. There are no polar bears on the South Pole. Right. Just, just penguins. Just penguins. Mm-hmm. Rabid, rabid penguins. Mm-hmm. Penguins and probably portals to hell. Yes. Uh, penguins would not be on there, because penguins can't fly. No, they're they're at the pole, though. I know, but they wouldn't be on the spaceship, because they oh, can't no, fly. Oh, no, no, no. They no, would no, not no, be no. on the spaceship. No. <laughs> It's true. This movie had a distinct lack of penguins. <laughs> this movie's so terrible. Ugh. It's on every level. This movie's bad. Um, so then, uh, um, so that's when he has a lengthy conversation with his space dad, with his space dad, Russell Crowe, without of Gladiator, without ever really establishing the relationship between him and his Earth father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he meets up with Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe gives this insanely long backstory exposition on. Why Krypton died? Yeah, which we already found out in the first twenty minutes of this movie. Right, we didn't need that whole sequence, but no. he had to explain it. This movie is eighty percent just like showing us the audience the thing, and then twenty percent explaining that thing to Superman, <laughs> like the thing that they already just showed us. Yeah, it's like. Like, Jonathan Kent, after this big, long explanation of how he should have let people die, is like, well, here's a spaceship you came down to Earth on. And then, it, like, literally six minutes later, Jor-El is like, this is the space We sent you on a spaceship to Earth. Yeah. It's like, we already know that. Because right. you showed us the damn spaceship. Yeah. We've seen it twice now. Yes. The spaceship. And you explain it again for a third time. God. Uh. Uh. Um. And then he, he learns all the stuff. He takes the spaceship and flies it off, drops Lois Lane off, because he was just like, See ya. Yeah, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> this has been nice, but, but uh, uh, the ladies, man. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Tibetos as Superman. Yeah. I would approve of that. Lois Lane, your butt is like two fine hands slipping down <laughs> behind the back of that dress. That is an underrated comedy. I'm saying it now. <laughs> we should do that next. Oh. And then comes my favorite part, which is the flashback on which uh, Clark Kent is arguing with his father. He's like, yeah, my real dad! Uh, and there's a tornado coming. Yeah, an and F-12 it's, well, no, tornado. As Kevin points out, the biggest tornado <laughs> in the history of tornadoes. <laughs> like, ser- like, this thing was... Uh, this was filmed in in, in uh, Sugar Grove, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest tornado that ever hit was the one that hit... Um, uh, Plainfield? Plainfield, the Plainfield Tornado, which people to this day, Plainfield is a town that's still recovering for a tornado that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, that tornado was like, what, an F4 
four or something like that. This is like an F thirteen. It was it was ridiculous. This tornado had the width of uh, the entire city of Naperville. Well, everything is so ridiculously huge in this movie. It just you know it's the big it's this over the top yeah nonsensical. So what's going to save them from this F-13 tornado, Kevin? Going to an underpass and just staying underneath the underpass. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to protect them. Sure. But no, they left the dog in the car, so they have to go get the dog. Yeah. Clark says, I'll go get the dog because I'm indestructible. Because I'm Superman and yeah. this is fine. This is fine. There's but a- but Pa Kent is his whole thing of, of no, 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 no. We got to keep your powers a secret. So I... I will go save the dog. I'm the man of this family. A 50-something-year-old man will go save this dog. And Clark's like, no, but, I mean, even if the the tornado comes, I'm going to be okay, and I can protect the dog because I'm indestructible. He's like, no, 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 no. No. I have to protect my masculinity. (laughs) You stay over there, and I'll go get the dog. He's like, okay. And so he goes and gets the dog. But of course, he gets trapped in the car. Yeah. And he, the dog gets out. The, they get the dog out. Okay. Right. Yeah. Of and course. then Clark is like, I'm going to go get you because you're standing there and you're going to get taken out by the tornado. And, and he's like, no, don't do that. And he's like, but I'm Superman. I can yeah. run really fast and there's stuff blowing all over the place. People really won't know what they see. He's like, no. Yeah. And so finally, they kill off Kevin Costner. Thank God <laughs> in this movie. Because he's the the biggest abomination to the history of Superman. It's ever. not his fault as an actor. No, he he's plays it fine. always good. He's good, solid all great, the time. Great in Tin Cup. Great, great in Tin Cup. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he set a downslide. Great, back great, up. great in the Postman. Yep, Postman. <laughs> you used to be somebody. No man, you used to be somebody. <laughs> Uh, Waterworld, underrated, uh, starred um, Batgirl, who was cut out of Batman v Superman. <gasps> Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> she was cut out of Batman v Superman, and she was the little girl who had the map on her back in Waterworld. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Um, <laughs> and But he just, and then finally he gets killed. Thank God. Yeah. And then... Uh, and Superman says, no! No! He was my dad after all. Oh my god! I only wish that I could talk to my real father for thirty minutes of this movie. <laughs> oh, this movie, and it, we, we and we keep chugging along. Anyway, we, we, flash forward an hour and forty-five minutes, and no wait. Now we have to. Uh, so, so Lois Lane going. figures that there's something going on. She starts digging deeper. Yeah. She she talks to these people and she keeps she has having a, to, she has a she has a talking to the witnesses montage from Law and Order and it's like she's just like so uh, you know it's like bung bung <laughs> the uh uh Mish's laundry in uh, Smallville Illinois Mish's laundry and then she's like so you notice Clark Kent and there's this guy like with folding laundry he's like yeah I know Clark Kent yeah I went to high school with them. So, that's when I saw the body. That's wait what body? <laughs> oh I don't know what are you talking about? <laughs> talking about Clark Kent. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Pull, we pulled the bus out of the water. Yeah, you should go talk to a to a um his ma. Yeah, that'll be the person to talk to. Bung, bung. <laughs> then she goes. To talk. It's literally like that. Yeah. Like the person is she like, works her way back frantically. And she shows up on Ma Ken's property, and she's like, "Get off my lawn, <laughs> you fed. This is because of Obama. <laughs> Can't leave my family alone." <laughs> 
Sam Brownbeck's going to make Kansas great again. <laughs> Don't tread on me, Lois Lane. <laughs> Where's your warrant? She's like, I'm a reporter. I don't need a warrant. I'm not For the, the government. New York Times. <laughs> That's your joke. I'm oh, Ma Kent. Ma Kent. So uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I love me some Diane Lane. It's all good. Oh, man. Even old makeup Diane Lane. I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm game. Um, and then, so after she meets up with with Diane Lane, she finally meets Clark, and he explains to her. Yeah, like, he's just there. He sh- just walks up. He's like, "You've heard you've been looking for me." <laughs> I don't think he says that, but he should have. It's like I have been to good. tell you about the Avengers Initiative. I mean, wait. I mean, uh, <laughs> um, so he basically tells her, "It's like, no, I don't want, I don't want anyone to know me because my dad died in tornado." And she's like, "But y- you could help." I met people. my dad. He was Noah. <laughs> I have this other daddy who's Noah. He <laughs> makes Miss Desmond's murderous girl in the northern <laughs> husband, murder, wife, murder kids. Revenge this life or the next. Um, oh, mumbly Superman. <laughs> mumbly Jor-El. <laughs> um, and, and Lois Lane's like, all right, I'm going to bury the story. So she leaks... So she... Uh, no, that was the original story that gets uh, that gets buried. And she sends it to um, Perry White, as played by Larry Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Is like, you can't put this story in here. Give me yeah. pictures of Superman. <laughs> I want poems about Superman. <laughs> no, and he's like, you can't do this. He's, she's like, I want to do it. And he's like, you can't do it. She's like, fine. So she leaks the story to a guy named Woodburn. Ugh. Woodburn, Kevin. Yeah, follow the money. Follow the money. <sighs> it, it's, it's, it's all right. You know what? I'll I'll allow it. It's I fine. Won't. I will that's, reluctantly allow it. That's in bad the, writing. In the pantheon of problems I have with this movie, that does not even crack the top 250 <laughs> things I hate about this movie is a character named Woodburn. I don't. I, I, fine. 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 All right. So um, she leaks the story to Woodburn. Woodburn puts it out there. And Perry White's like, you're suspended. And she's like, okay. He's like, ah, it's three weeks suspension. Could you agree with me? <laughs> and she's like, okay. And he's like, find out more. And then she drops the story because she actually meets up with Clark and finds yeah. out the backstory to it. Oh, my God. Um, and so with, with all of this happening and, and all this nonsense, at this point, Zod comes back from the Phantom Zone. Yeah. And Spaceship mis- appears over Earth and delivers You Are Not Alone, you in-, not alone. <laughs> in every language. I'm here with you. That's right. Though we're far apart. Nice. I can see your heart. You knew uh, more of that than I did. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it, he broadcasts it in all these different languages except Basque. I think that's the only language that we didn't hear. <laughs> well, was, you know, it's a hard it language. A it's an isolate. Yeah. So, uh, and he says he gives he gives Earth, but mostly Superman an ultimatum. He says, you know, one of my, one of our guys is down there. He's been living among you. You got to give him up. But LOL, he is a secret from you. So you actually, I don't know, can't give him up. So I guess. That was pointless. JK. So now I will speak directly to the Superman. Uh, Superman, you got to give yourself up, and you got to come hang out with me. We're going to go clubbing. 
We're going to go hang. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to, like, I'm going to mess up this planet. I'm going to, like, probably kill people. It's going to be bad news. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know in, anything about you. you I mean, you right. could like it, for all I know. Right. right. He could be, he has no idea. He has no way of knowing. He didn't even know if he's still alive. But he says, all right, you're down there. And so we knew because he, well, we don't know this yet, but they knew because he set off the sort of the. the he set the off the key. He put key the key thing in, in the that. thing. They tracked it. But he put the USB. He put the thing in the thing. <laughs> put the thing in the deal. And then the deal made the other thing go. <laughs> I hit my to head the on other the th- Go to the other thing. And then, <laughs> and then the thing happened and they punched each other. That was this movie. We finished recapping it. All right. Uh, next the- segment. <laughs> So he goes and uh, so broadcasts this. Superman shows up to the U.S. military and he says, yeah, he'll only which is sp- not what he was told to do, but all right. And he goes and talks to Lois Lane. He says, I'm only going to talk to Lois Lane because she's a go-getter. She smokes. <laughs> she can't spell rapist. It's a whole thing. Um, she ta- that's, yeah. a re- that's a reference to the 78 <laughs> yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so, rapist. Yeah, rapist. So he goes there, and he's, he's all like, military can't control me. No one can control me. I'm Superman. I'm going to give myself up. So they're just kind of like, well, why did you do this whole thing right here with this segment? Uh, he's just like, you know, I just kind of want to talk to Amy Adams. She's really cute. She's America's sure. sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's won the Academy Award yet, but she really deserves to win. She deserves something. She deserves at least the uh, accolades I mean, that she's gotten. Well, maybe Junebug or, or, or Little Miss Sunshine or any of the mm. movies that she, she was in Little Miss Sunshine, right? Maybe not. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Julia and Julia, you know, one of those movies she could, you know, she should have won the award for that. Mm -hmm. And the general's like, yeah, yeah, she probably should have. But I mean, who did she go up against that year? Was it Meryl Streep? I don't know. You can't win against Meryl Streep. You can't win against Meryl Streep. You try. Yeah. You do your best. Yeah, you do your best. And, you know, at least she got nominated and and, uh, Superman's like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, so anyway, he goes up and uh, Zod shows up and with this big beetle spaceship whose butt opens up and Superman and Lois Lane go into the butt of the beetle and the beetle flies up to the spaceship in outer space. Beetle butt. And we're still trying to figure out what's going on here. And, you know, yeah, nothing's clear at this point. We're just watching this movie happen to us. <laughs> this movie is is just this movie just it's happens assaulting to us. us. Yeah, it's assaulting all of our senses. Mm-hmm. And then um. What's his face from Casablanca? He's like, he's Superman. I'm going yeah. to take your DNA. Right. There's this guy who's inexplicably from like the Eastern, like the former Soviet the bloc block of Krypton, I uh, guess. And he's just like, this is what we're going to do. <coughs> Superman. You got to hide me from you Zod. Got, you got to hide me, Jor-El. <coughs> Oh my God. And then Jorel shows up to help them escape in the worst Deus Ex Machina because it's literally the machine of the gods in quite yeah. the literal term. Because um, Amy Adams, uh, Superman gives her the the US the yeah. Superman USB and she plugs it into the computer and obviously it's a virus. It's the Russell Crowe virus, mm. which I believe just punches you in the face. And it allows um, even Obi Wan Kenobi is not that useful as a hologram. No, or well, he's, I, well, he's a, a, ghost. a ghost, but yeah, Leia was the hologram. Oh my god! And then so so Amy Adam uh, Lois Lane flies out of the of the spaceship and flies down to Earth, and Superman is fighting people left and right. 
blowing up crap. He's blowing up everything, and he's able to save her. Causing hundreds of dollars worth of damage, damage to, to Kansas. Kansas. I mean, he could have literally wiped that town from the map, and no one would even have known. No. No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I mean, and he, of course, he talks with his dad again, and he's like, I'm glad I had more conversations with you than my dad who raised me for 33 years. <laughs> I think, didn't he say that he's been on Earth for 33 years, which is another Jesus reference, by the way? Yeah. I think so. I mean, like, and he le- jumps yep. out of the spaceship, nice and he, he makes the cross shape with his arms, mm-hmm. and he flies down. He talks it's with a- It's very heavy-handed. The whole Jesus thing is with very heavy-handed. Um, and then the uh, Zod's henchmen are trying to take are are trying to find out more, and they like attack his mother, and yeah. he's like, "You can't hit my mama. Yeah. Only I can hit my mama." And uh, <laughs> so then, they, yeah, they they blow up like at least three hundred dollars worth of damage to Kansas. <laughs> State's nonsense. And then he fights Zod, and then Zod realizes like, "Oh, I have powers too under Earth Yellow Sun," and then they fight for forty. Five minutes of this movie. <laughs> That's what's problem is we got probably halfway through the movie, and then the whole second half of the movie is just like, and then they all fight for the rest of the movie. There is the the most interesting scene of this movie happens at one hour and fourteen minutes into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that maybe a little bit less than that. There was there was a couple like we weird were watching breaks, it yeah. on demand with maybe commercial breaks. It was and like it was a little bit wonky, breaks, but yeah. we've seen it before. So it's let's like, say roughly halfway the, through the, the movie. movie. It, was, it was basically the halfway point. Is the first interesting scene of the movie. And after that it's literally And what was that again? You're gonna have to remind me. That's when he's sitting there with Lois. Uh-huh. And he's talking to the general behind the two way glass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was when he was saying, it's right before like, he gives himself up. you can't control up. me. It's right before he gives himself up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's right after he gives himself up. Well, gives, before he gives himself up to Zod. Zod. Yeah. Right. He punches Zod, and he, like, so Zod sends these giant world, what does he call them? World. The world engine. World engines. Which which was great. So, he's explaining at some point to, to Superman, right? And he says, this is, this is how we found you. This is how we found Earth. You know, the thing where you where you put the key in and it made a thing and we when we followed it. Yeah. And at some point, they're like, we've been looking for you. And they're like, we went to these outposts, these colonial outposts yeah. that I guess the Kryptonians had kind of sent people at some point. But they were all dead. So he's like, we salvaged what we could. Weapons and, and stuff. And the world engine. Like, it's this passing, like, random, like, like, there's no explanation as to what that is, why it would be important, who cares. He makes note of it only because it's going to be the big thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, at it, the end he, he could have literally to... said, we found a world engine, we found a squid popper, we found 16 <laughs> kefleggers, <laughs> and uh, we found a couple grenades and some silly putty, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we found an old Super Nintendo. Um, it's like okay it still worked you had to blow on the cartridge blow on the cartridge it still worked you know people say you don't really need to blow on the cartridge but I think it's just good luck I I find that it works I don't know you you can't argue with experience (laughs) Um, yeah he it's like all in passing and it's this world engine so it's these two squids that attach themselves to opposite sides of the earth and then using energy they have sex with the earth yeah like they hump the earth right I'm doing the humping the earth they motion do. with my hands they right do. now. Yes, they do it. They do that. And and that causes Metropolis. Like, one has to be on Metropolis. The other end has to be in the Indian Ocean. 
And so Superman goes to fight the one in the Indian Ocean because that's inhabited, of course, and you have to, like, protect all the people in the Indian Ocean <laughs> as opposed to Metropolis where they send <laughs> F-22 Raptors with Superman's birth pod that they're going to arm as a weapon to destroy it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't None matter. it matters. This is the worst written movie I've ever had to watch in my life. The, like, single head, like, n- this is the worst script I've ever had the 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 pleasure of reviewing on this <laughs> the podcast. Pleasure, yeah, yeah. Um, they blow up the one in Metropolis. He flies up through the the laser and punches this thing as it's like shooting like uh like oil metal metal oil. Tentacles I don't know. It was some him? stupid like. Yeah, it was like, like Matrix Matrix style metal tentacles. Who cares? It was garbage it and was he blows dumb garbage. that up and then zod decides to fight him yeah. and they fight for t- they fight for a while they 20 fight for minutes a long time through all of these buildings and eventually they end up in like grand central station of of metropolis, metropolis yeah union station there's some guy who's getting off the train going like jesus the red line took forever <laughs> and he's just like oh gee, what's going on <laughs> and superman snaps zod's neck and he's like, I-, I had to do it. You guys all saw it. And everyone was like, no, no, we understand you had to do it. And he's like, no, really, I had to do this. And he's like, no, we get no, it. Nobody, nobody, nobody's, nobody's, arguing nobody's with saying, it. nobody's arguing with you. Just just walk away. Just walk away from and the murderous <laughs> alien. And like, Zod is like shooting the laser beams at this family who's cowering in a corner. And all they had to do was literally kind of like. Just leave. Just like, walk just away. walk forward. Just and leave. Just yeah. go somewhere else. Just not be standing right where you were. Yeah. And they would have been okay with it. Yeah. Just run away. I mean, it's just heat vision. It would have been hot. That's all it really would have been. <laughs> like maybe got a, they would have gotten some like fourth degree burns. I mean, they would have. It would have been like really painful. It but... can cauterize wounds. Yeah, but it doesn't really do much else. Yeah. No, I mean, like it blackens the walls. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. And so Superman kills Zod, and he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and he's like, no. no! It's like Revenge of the Sith style. And like, then, no. and then this super- dumb movie ends. No, because we still have to go to um, the Air Force base where he meets up with with uh, the yeah. and he just tells general. The guy, I'm not your enemy, but We're, I'm I'm gonna be your bro. But I'm we a, are gonna be bros. I'm American, man. I American. I, I grew the, up in Kansas. I grew up in Kansas. I hate the Yankees. <laughs> I have sex with bald eagles. <laughs> I I, I don't really care for brown people. <laughs> exactly. I haven't met any, but I don't like them. He's saying that to yeah, the black guy. Yeah, but just the- like <laughs> I think I think Obama was a, is a Kenyan. <laughs> Obama's a Muslim. <laughs> yeah, I think the two I think the two a- most important words in the American lexicon: nine eleven. <laughs> Take that, Kansas. <laughs> No apologies to Kansas. <laughs> no, no one, no one has the internet in Kansas. They wouldn't be able to listen to this anyway. Um, and of course, we're, that's and at the very end of the movie is when we get our first actual joke of the movie, where the girl goes, "I think he's kind of cute." That's not even a joke, Joe. That's not a joke. And, but in the context of this movie, it's a joke. Ugh, this movie's a joke. <laughs> and then, of course, at the at the very end, he you see him go to uh, the Daily Planet to get a job. And he's like, and Perry White's like, meet our new intern, Clark Kent. And Clark is like, hey, how's it going? I'm glad I have this job in media, in print media, because it's not going anywhere. 
<laughs> which is the second joke of this movie. <laughs> and the end. My name is General Zod. I come from a world far from yours. I have journeyed across an ocean of stars to reach you. For some time, your world has sheltered one of my citizens. I request that you return this individual to my custody. All right, production notes. So, in June 2008, Warner Brothers took pitches from comic book writers looking to make a new Superman movie. They went to reboot the franchise after the... um, Superman Returns, which actually still made money, but it wasn't as big of a success as they wanted to. Marvel and uh, Marvel was having success with its Marvel Universe pictures. Um, DC kind of failed after the Nolan movies. They wanted to capitalize. They were trying to do the George Miller Justice League movie. Didn't pan out. Joss Whedon Wonder Woman movie didn't pan out. Green Lantern failed. So they were looking to restart the franchise. They went to a comic, couple comic book writers. They had Grant Morrison... Uh, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, Brad Meltzer, all writing scripts for it. Um, they were looking to see what they can do. The, the, their, their theory was was that they were going to take the Incredible Hulk approach, uh, the Angley Hulk approach, and it's just like, people will forgive you, just make a movie that is better than the one that came before it. So they had to create a movie that was better than Superman Returns. I don't personally think they did. Hmm. But the audiences did apparently. Yeah. Uh, you know there were there was two scripts that were, that were pretty good. More Grant Morrison wrote a script that was pretty much like his All Star Superman, which is one of the best Superman comics that have been written in the last thirty years. Um, treats Superman very much in the terms of the Silver Age. You know this guy who is just an eternal optimist wants to help people. He has to fight bad guys, but he knows he can win because he's Superman. So he he will do everything that he possibly can to help win, but he will remain optimistic about the human race. Um, the other one was uh, Grant Morrison, not Grant Morrison. Um, Mark Wade based his on Superman Birthright, which was another kind of update on the Superman uh, origin story. Very very similar to what we saw here, Superman crashing in Kansas. You know, there's a lot more religious overtone to it. Um, but it's not as heavy-handed as this movie, neither of which were taken, and we ended up getting this movie. Now, I think part of the reason why this movie got made as it did was in 2009, uh, Jerry Siegel's family, Jerry Siegel, of course, one of the co-creators of Superman, won a court case where they were going to get 50% of the rights to Superman Origins and uh, and their shares of copyright in Superman Action Comics number one. The judge also ruled that Warner Brothers did not owe the family's additional royalties from previous films, However, if they did not begin production on a Superman film by 2011, then the Siegel estate would have uh, been able to sue for lost revenue for an unproduced film. Yikes. Exactly. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if that was a part of it. I don't think it was a huge thing, because Warner Brothers, I think, could cover any cost of unproduced film. But I know that they wanted to get into the game as soon as possible. Of course, we talked about in this the filming in the, uh, of the movie took place in Plano, Illinois, as well as Chicago, Illinois, through 2011. Um, it was done under the code name Autumn Frost. It was one of the most worst kept secrets in Chicagoland history. Yeah, we the, all knew the Chicago Tribune did this huge thing on it. 
Um, I have pictures on my phone of the original sets from Plano. I drove down there <laughs> um, with my buddy Nick. We went down there and took pictures and all that fun stuff. Uh, Man of Steel earned $291 million in uh, North America and $377 million in other territories. You mentioned this movie cost $200 million to $225 make. $225 million budget. That is insane. A worldwide gross of $668 million, making it the highest grossing Superman film to date. And the second highest grossing reboot of all time behind The Amazing Spider-Man, although it did beat The Amazing Spider-Man in North America. How is this a reboot? It's not really a reboot. They've made like a bunch of Superman movies. They've been making Superman movies since the 40s. I guess technically... How is this a reboot? Well, I guess that Superman Returns technically is just a continuation of the Christopher Reeves Supermans. I just I feel like that term reboot is thrown around constantly and it and it bothers me because I, I don't I don't understand what that means. I get it. Um, the film earned six a uh, one hundred and sixteen million on its opening weekend, including seventeen point five million from IMAX. Mixed reviews with a fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's high. Which I that's think, high for this movie. I think it's actually lower than Punisher though. <laughs> nice. Um, with an average rating of a 6.2 out of 10. Metacritic gives it a weighted score of 55 out of 100 based on 47 critics. Um, the ratings were lower than that given to Superman Returns, which received a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes and a mm. 72 on Metacritic. Interesting. Yeah. Um, this movie did very, very well, enough that they decided that they were going to go ahead with their planned DC Universe. Uh-huh. Um, which was originally going to give way to Man of Steel 2, but actually gave way to Batman v Superman. Ah. So much so much uh, faith in the Superman movie that they gave him second billing to Batman. <laughs> to a brand new Batman. Bat- Aging Batfleck. Batman. Batfleck. The Batfleck. Which, uh, Batfleck. <laughs> which we will be discussing next week. We will be discussing next week, and hopefully... <sighs> The movie will be better than this movie. This movie was awful on every level of the word awful. It was pretty bad. Um, I, where do we begin? Where do we begin? I, I think uh, at the beginning when we sat down to watch this movie, I told you, I said, Kevin, we have to find one thing that we like about this movie. Sure. Um, I think for me, the one thing that I liked was Michael Shannon's character of Zod. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Shannon committed. He bought yeah. into the character. He played it well. Chewed uh, scenery. He looked awful. He had a George Clooney haircut from like early George Clooney, like Dust Till Dawn George Clooney haircut. Yeah, with a goatee that had like some like a weird a little gray, gray in it to show that he had been in space for a long time. Oh, that was space gray. I didn't that know that was space, space gray. gray. Yeah, because it was not like that on Krypton. Oh no, I didn't. I and didn't. Then that. when he when he comes back, he's like, oh look, I'm a little older now. Yeah, I got a little, a little wiser, distinguished gray on my soul patch. Um, Michael Shannon, of course, um, from. Uh, Boardwalk Empire. Um, Known for Boardwalk Empires and uh, uh, the great uh, Take Shelter, a movie I really, really like. That's um, uh, He's an indie actor. He does a lot of like indie right. movies. He's a Chicago guy. Chicago guy, yeah. He lives up in uh, Old Town, actually. Uh, when I was doing... Um, I, I, I never actually <laughs> finished, but I was doing a couple of uh, classes at Second City. Uh, which is up in Old Town in Chicago as well. And uh, I had a, a classmate who, on multiple occasions, Michael Shannon would be out jogging 
and he would get run into. Like physically, he would literally physically run into Michael Shannon. On your left. Michael Shannon. <laughs> Little bit of that. Michael yeah. Shannon would usually would bump into him because he was very just focused. He was just like, ah, Michael Shannon. <laughs> He's a method actor. He's like, I'm a runner now. Exactly. Um, that was my thing. I I really like Michael Shannon as Zod. I thought- Jeff Nichols. I'm sorry. Jeff Nichols is the director of Take Shelter. He's got the new movie Midnight Special yes. coming up, which Michael Shannon is also in. And it's very much looks like almost like a Superman esque movie. Looks like a very cool, not quite hard sci fi, but like weird, heady sci fi. It, it looks like Outer Limits sci fi. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. Jeff Nichols has uh, got a lot of fun movies. I preferred his brother, Mike Nichols, in uh, his movies. Act- no, no, no. But actually, I, what's I funny see- is his brother, Ben Nichols, oh. is the lead singer of the Nashville uh, punk country band Lucero, okay. who are terrific, and I is wholeheartedly dad- endorse. Is his dad Mike Nichols? Maybe. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So um, what was what was the one thing you liked about this you movie? You know, my one thing is actually the same as yours, but more broader, because I'll just say I really liked the cast. I mean, the core cast. I liked Amy Adams. I liked Henry Cavill. I liked Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. Like, I just think all great actors, like, I think they spent a lot of that money on the cast. And that part, and, and Michael Shannon, and that part was all really good. And... Unfortunately, those actors deserve better than the, this the, garbage movie. They should have spent more money on a new And script. Russell Crowe. I'll take Russell Crowe. I'll okay. take him. I okay. don't have an issue with him because whatever. You know, why not? Let me, let me talk to you about how much I hate the script. <laughs> um, let's, I'm going to go to my the most hated part of this is the Kevin Costner, Pa Kent. Jonathan yeah. Kent. Mm-hmm. This, I, I try to... Uh, temper my feelings on the comic book because i feel that you know you could take new approaches you don't have to follow the comic book 100 percent, but i think you should stay in the vein of the comic the reason why certain things work are in the comic and in the movies is because they're time tested pa kent is not the guy who will say maybe you should have let those people die on that bus right he would never in a million years ever have said that because the reason Pa Kent wants Clark to say secret, not because of that he needs to keep him safe, but because the world's not ready for that. And I feel that Kevin Costner's Pa Kent is a xenophobe. He's afraid of what people are going to say. He's afraid of the questions that Clark is going to raise. Mm-hmm. I don't think Pa Kent is doing that. Pa Kent is more altruistic than that. Right. His idea is, by all means, you have a responsibility to use your powers to save people and to be of service. However, you need to do it secretly, and that's your challenge, because while the world needs you, they're not it's not ready for you. Yes. Right? Do I have that right? You are absolutely hundred percent hit it on the head. It's it's more that the reason why Pa Kent keeps Clark so secret and won't let him play football, like I'm thinking of the 1977 movie, is because he doesn't want Clark to realize that life is easy because he has powers. Mm-hmm. His life is hard because he has powers because he has to make the right choices with his powers. Oh, yeah. I just realized that was cut from the version that we watched. What? The the, the football scene. was It was cut, right? I didn't see it. Did you see it? Was it? 
Did oh, I go to wait. the bathroom during that scene? When he's the water boy? Oh, that's in the 1977 version. That's not in the Man of Steel. That's not in this movie? No, that was in the 1977. Like no, movie. there's not at all. Oh, God damn it. Um, that's, that's the 1977 movie. And it, like the, you, you literally have that scene. And he's like, oh, but I could be awesome at football. And his dad's like, no, that would be too easy for you. Right. You know, it's not about the easy choice. Right. And that's why Pa Kent would have been proud of Clark for saving the kids with the bus, because it is the hard choice to do. It's a hard choice to make. Like, you're going to open yourself up to this... Right, and in that moment where he's being bullied. Yeah. Like, and it's like, he could have just said, ah, uh, screw, screw it. I'm going I'm, I'm to let Pete... He called me a dick, dick splash. splash. <laughs> I'm going to let Dick Splash die. <laughs> he could have, but no, he no, saves... No, it was a Dick Splash, He dick saves splash. the kids. Right. And he saves everyone. He makes the hard choice, and Pa Kent should have rewarded he, him for that. And instead, he chastises him, him. Yeah. and then gets killed by a tornado. And and that's the other part, is with the tornado, because Pa Kent, in the, any version of, of Superman, Pa Kent dies of a heart attack. I, I'm just going to go back to the 77 one, because it's one we reviewed on this podcast. It's one that we have a common language in. He dies of a heart attack, and his last words are, oh, no. And he he literally dies of a heart attack. And Superman and Clark Kent cannot save him. Right. Because you can't save a guy from a heart attack. Right. Um, it's just you can't save a guy from death. And but this movie, Clark could have easily have saved him and prevented him from being swallowed up by a tornado. At every step of that sequence, he could have saved him. But he did not. Or he was prevented by Pa Kent. And it was it did not ring true. It was false. There was no truth in that art, and it was it was just awful <laughs> on everything. Yeah, and and it just what makes the death of Pa Kent important to Clark is the importance of life. Like, why is life sacred? Life is sacred because it is fleeting; it is fragile. And the fact that he dies in a tornado, something that does not happen quite often. It makes it just seem like just, it's a freak thing. It's freak that he and could odd have and prevented. weird and preventative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I understand like even if you wanted to do Clark saying like you're not my father and then he dies of a heart attack, like that could be very impactful and very emotional. Yeah, I mean, granted, me and you would have been like he's a wiener, but <laughs> it it could have been a, a very impactful for him. Because he's like, I, you know, I said he wasn't my father, and then he died. Right. Like, he just has a heart attack. Right. I killed him. I, I killed him, and it's like, no, you didn't kill him. His heart killed him. Right. Um, but the a tornado, it's like, like you could have like, had him hit by a meteorite, like a, a freak meteorite. Like, a, a chunk of Krypton could have exploded through space and then finally reached earth and flew down and killed pa kent and it would have the same emotional impact as a tornado like that f-13 tornado yeah it just it made no sense whatsoever it was it was awful on every level um terrible and i think but i think that sets up the entire theme of this movie the entire um through line of this movie it's just like it's full of things that make no sense it's like when you don't have anything to say, let's just have a special effect and a robot and a goofy uh, matrix tentacles flying around. Well, okay, so let's tackle the next thing that I have an issue with, which is, is the religious symbolism of this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always talked about Siegel and Schuster that um, 
they were two Jewish guys from uh, Cleveland who had no, they had no interest in making him a Christ figure. They, mm-hmm. they didn't have the background to make him a Christ figure. They didn't have the inclination to make him a Christ figure. Why do we have to make him a Christ figure in this movie? He was a, a, a golem, right? I mean, was the idea. He was the idea. It was right? like, yeah, this protector of the week. I think we've talked week. a yeah. little bit about that before, yeah. that he would be this, this, this alien character who would... Who who was very who had a very concrete set of right and wrong, and would protect the people. Yeah, and in this case, it wasn't just the Jewish people; it was just the people of Earth. Yeah, from he'd, he'd protect whatever people from getting like you know their rent raised. Yeah, and like, the, the people of America, let's say specifically, yeah. you know. It's like, oh, he's... And he, then he would go fly off and punch th- Hitler. Yeah, he put his thumb on the scale while I was getting my pastrami. <laughs> my Superman, pastrami. Superman would come in and punch the butcher. You know? <laughs> That's what he would do. Right. He was <clears throat> he was not a Christ figure. He was not here to protect us from our sins. Right. Or, and this movie is so heavy-handed with it. Um, I think the, the, the most egregious scene is the one with him in the church. Where he's talking to the priest about, you know, like, what is he supposed to do? You're Superman, dumbass. You go out there and you protect people. <laughs> he's, they're very clearly setting. I mean, that yeah, that scene is very, um, I don't even want to say heavily, like, symbolic. I mean, it's very specific. It's just like, he's sitting there and behind him is in Jesus the frame in Gethsemane. is Jesus... Yeah. In the stained glass, like a big... It's Jesus at Gethsemane, you know, like praying in the garden to his father. Right, and the camera's down, and so it makes... He's looking up, like... Right, it's very... It's it's explicit. They're, he's explicitly Jesus. Yes. And, and, you know, and I was talking with you, and we had an argument while we were watching the movie about... Is the movie well shot? I think the movie is very well shot. And, and we were talking... Is this movie worse than Thor? <laughs> that was the exact question we had when we were talking about this. Um, well, see, my thing is that I am slowly, even though I haven't seen it again, I'm thinking retroactively, and maybe I'm I'm just being me. Um, I felt like I was a little tough on poor Thor. Um, I don't. I don't think Thor is a good movie, but I think I gave it. I think we gave it a D. Or a D or something like that. I, think, I, I don't remember what we gave at a D plus, but uh, I I, I well, don't it was, think it was it before deserves... we gave we started the grading. <clears throat> That's I think, true. I think we started with like stars okay. or something. Right, like that. right, right, yeah. right. Maybe that was it. And I gave it one and a half stars. And I don't know that I would give it one and a half stars out of five, or three stars out of ten, or whatever. Uh, yeah, today to sort of translate it. Um, I, I I well we'll get to the grading when we get to the grading but I I do think that this movie is worse than Thor because Thor at the end of the day I want these movies to have fun with their premise. I want to get the sense that these movies are sort of happy to be here. Yeah. And that they're happy to have me watching them. That doesn't mean a superhero movie can't be like The Watchmen. That doesn't mean a super movie superhero movie can't 
do something different and be a little bit more serious or be a little bit darker. Yeah. We talked somewhat highly about, for the most part, the the Nolan movies. I yeah. mean, I think we were mostly favorable <clears throat> on them. We 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 chastise them quite a bit because there's a lot of love out there for those movies, and we wanted to sort of take them down a little bit, but take them down a peg. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, take the piss out of some of those movies, but I mean, for the most part, I think we liked them. We acknowledged that they were some of the better movies that we've watched. This movie is no fun. This, this movie <laughs> hates it's a, us. It's a, I think this movie hates us. It's aggressive to its audience. I think this movie is aggressively bad. I think it is openly hostile to us by by never cracking a smile, by never a wink, nothing at all. It takes Superman. Superman. A character that's just like, I'm in blue tights and my underwear on the outside of my pants, and I'm flying around punching burglars. Like, that's the character. We, we and this movie is just like moping, and, it, and that's just the tone. That doesn't even speak to the script that's yeah. completely inert. The, the, the complete lack of characters. There's really no characters even Lois Lane just kind of doesn't She's exist there. except in relation to Superman well that's kind of how she always is though but this is a chance to not, not do, do that. that yeah no I is agree the thing I agree I mean no we we use the term aggressive with this movie yeah like I feel like I'm at a bar yeah. and Superman and, and that man of steel is a guy coming up to me but like he's like well how's it going and I'm just like, yeah, I'm here with my friends. I'm, just, you know, I'm just here to enjoy the night. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, well, let me get you a drink. And I'm like, I already got a drink. He's like, no, let me get you a drink. Let me get you something. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm okay, man. Just, just back yeah. off. And it's just like, <laughs> back off. <laughs> I will, uh, I will quote um, the the film critic uh, Scott Tobias, who referred to this movie as relentlessly relentless. Yeah, it's, it really is. And that was about the most apt two words I could think of. And I needed my, I needed my, my, my friend uh, of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came up and he was just like, <laughs> just leave him alone, man. <laughs> we got a problem here, man. We got a problem. You get a problem? Yeah. This is a man of steel. <laughs> and man of steel was like, no, just just it's me. Cool. It's me, all right, man. Me and Joe were talking. That's all yeah. it was. That's all it was. And I'm just like, I, we need to leave. We yeah. just, we're gonna just, go. just let's we're get an Uber. Go. Let's go. Let's just go. Let's man. just go. Let's just go. Let's just go to another bar. Let's go to another bar. <laughs> Batman versus Superman's let's playing just, over there. Let's just watch another movie. Let's just watch another movie. Oh, not Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Colon Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Bash part one. <laughs> bung, bung. Bads of E-Soups. Yeah, I saw Batman. He was doing a... <laughs> <laughs> he was working at the docks. He was working at the docks. This guy's folding laundry. Um, <laughs> yeah, this movie is aggressive. It's mean-spirited. Um, it's There's no fun. It's a mean... Right, and, and it's mean-spirited in this... In, in, and I think that that's, that that's important, too, because I do think that this is a really hostile movie because it's just... It's just like... Look at how bad everything is. Like, look at how like Superman. Like, you can't. Superman can't even be himself because like everyone wants. Like, just it doesn't. We've seen Superman stories where that's not the case, and that's generally what we're used to. We're used to this idea of like 
that's awesome. Superman's out there. Yeah. And he's on our side. And that's great. Like, I'm fine with, like, that moment of, like, oh, my God, is this guy going to be on our side? Because, yeah, we've got – and that's – that's gonna we're gonna be talking about this in two weeks because that's why Batman goes to fight Superman is this idea of like he has these powers and could if he decided to sort of turn on us for whatever reason there's nothing that we could do so we're not safe while he's out there and that's contrary to this whole idea of Superman and it makes us to be the assholes and we're supposed yeah. to be the ones who are I mean it's like to, to to I guess to play into what they're going for, but like you go to church every Sunday to find out about how you're a horrible, horrible. person <laughs> and you're going to go to hell and you need to repent. And it's like why I I go to work, I I'm a nice person, I recycle, you know. Like why am I a jerk? Like why, why am does I this, a jerk? Right? Why does this movie think I'm such a piece of human garbage that? <laughs> I have to be scolded by this movie to be like, why do you hate Superman so much? Like, I don't. I just don't really care for this movie. Why are you such a Why are you such a fascist? Fascist? Why Why do you Why do you hate Superman? No, I don't. I mean, I'm fine. Like, I don't. I just thought the movie should be like funnier. It's just it's so aggressive to you because it never lets you just be like. This is fun. Superman's well, going to save us. Superman's going to fight the bad guys. You never get that moment. Okay. Point the third. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I rambled for like 15 minutes I'm gonna, at, a, I'm gonna, at actually, a high pitch about this movie. Actually, this this is my fourth point, but I'm going to make this my third point. Um, this movie doesn't slow down in its slow points and doesn't uh, speed up its fast, uh, its fast points enough. The best points of this movie are when it's supposed to slow down. Right. When Superman is talking with Lois in that like interrogation room, when mm-hmm. when Clark is talking with his mother on the porch of the of the of their play of the Clark estate, uh, uh, estate. <laughs> Clark estate, yeah. Um, when he's talking with his father on the back of the pickup truck, those are the points where the movie needs to slow down, mm-hmm. where you need to learn why Superman acts like Superman. Right? Why does this movie matter? Yeah. Right? What are the what are the lessons that this movie has? And why does Clark learn these lessons? Mm-hmm. How does he learn these lessons? Um what shapes him as a person? They never slow down. For uh, the the scene where he's talking with his mom on the porch of the of the steps, I felt was just like yeah, 20 seconds. And I was just like slow down. You're and you're out of it. You have Diane Lane and Henry Cavill who is not a bad actor at all. He's actually a pretty decent actor. Mm-hmm. Um Sure. I don't know if I would say he's better than Brandon Routh, but I mean, he's, he's Brandon Routh got the part because he looked the part, which I think is fine because he was also pretty good. And Brandon Routh is a decent actor too. He's not but bad. Yeah, yeah, he was never. He's really fun to watch on TV. Yeah, um, but it doesn't slow down. Then you have these action sequences to just keep going. Yeah, like you're it's just, just like, brutal. It's brutal. It's like you. F- feel like a fat kid running a marathon you're just like "Ah." (laughs) (sighs) Uh, yeah exhausting it's exhausting it's two and a half hours it's two and a half hours of a two and a half hour superman movie what does that even mean where you don't even see superman until like an hour and a half into the movie him in the in the in the the tights Uh, no i was gonna say i mean that was actually something that i noticed 
when I watched this the first time, uh, you know, whenever it was, but um, you see him actually pretty early. I mean, it's well, within the well. Twenty minutes the first in, twenty is, minutes is, is still is, on is Krypton. Krypton, but then you see him on the aside, oil rig. That aside, I'd say maybe another. 15 minutes? I mean, we didn't well, really take note of it, but well, 15 no, no, to 20 minutes after that, he's that's when he's on the spaceship and he gets yeah, his okay. suit and he flies yeah. away. So about, that's when he's like <sighs> Superman. But That's 45 but, minutes into the movie, Kevin. But he's Superman. It's an origin story, but he's doing Superman-esque things Before at that then, 25th yeah. minute or so. That you're, saving you the correct. people on yeah. the oil rig. So that was actually something I thought was strange, where I was like, wait, 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 wait. We're going to spend 20 minutes on Krypton flying around on dragons and shooting lasers at each other for no reason. I see you, Jake Sully. And yet, we jump right into I'm Superman. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we didn't then. Now I'm a kid. Now I've got to be discovered by by the Kents. Now I've got to be raised. Now I've got to go to school. Now I've got to do this. Like, I'm glad it wasn't told in that linear fashion. So that, in a two and a half hour movie, we're an hour and 45 minutes in before he's like, I have superpowers. Yay. Yeah. Like, oh, thank God. Like, we didn't do that. But I still felt very uh, just, I got whiplash by how quickly they were just like, I'm on Krypton for 20 minutes of nonsense and CG Both of you- and lasers, and then suddenly Superman has a shirt off and he's saving oil rig workers. Um, both you and I agree that the first 20 minutes of this movie are, are just awful. Oh, I don't understand what they were thinking. I, I don't why understand. Why did I need to be in that? The, why? Okay, and this will lead me to my fourth point of why this movie is garbage, <laughs> which is why is Russell Crowe such a big part of this movie he shows up so many times and he's why kill him if he's just like yeah i'm 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 a hologram i'm here i'm not like a blue you know like a hologram i'm just like physically here in the scene and i'm also aware of what's currently happening and he can predict what's going to happen yeah there's that scene where he says to lois yeah move your head to the left and she's like what and then she moves her head to the left and he gets she, Good thing they, she knows her difference punch. between her left and right, because if that was like you, you'd be like, I'd be what? like, if wait, my left or your left? left? And then I'm dead, because I got my skull crushed. <laughs> Move your head to the left. My, my left or your... <laughs> oh, my brains are exploded yeah. now. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Eddie Vedder music playing in the background as your brains are floating out into space, and it's... <laughs> your brains are floating in outer space that's the whole rest of the movie is just my brain <laughs> no it, oh. it's okay so <laughs> all right let's okay let's, let's, let's in conclusion no no no, no 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 um to get back to the jesus solution uh-huh um the the jesus story is jesus is raised by joseph um but is God? It is God is his father. Right, Joseph sure. is his adoptive father on Earth. There's there is a parallel between Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. as his father on Earth and Jorel as God. You know, quotation marks around God. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Who actually gave birth to him and gave him his powers? Right. Um, it doesn't work when God has a more active role in raising your son than you do. <laughs> right. The whole yeah. point of Superman taking the side of humanity of of 
of Earth humanity against Chris Kryptonian DNA is that Jonathan Kent raises him and right. tra- and, and teaches him exactly. the importance yes. of what it means to be human. And that was never established here. At all. There was never anything that connected Clark Kent to Earth. We're supposed to assume, I guess, that it was his mom and Lois we met like two days ago. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I don't there's nothing. You need that character. Even, I don't know anything about the comics necessarily, but I know enough about just the narrative structure of this story that you need that to anchor him to Earth, to why he would choose Earth. Because as of right now, I mean, he may not like Zod, but like he's got to see his point. It's like, I understand where you're coming from, but... You could be like, let's go terraform Mars. Yeah. Let's go do that instead. Well, we don't even get to that part where it's like Zod makes this leap that you have to terraform Earth when there's three other terrestrial-sized yeah, planets. viable planets. That you could use Venus your... would have been fine. There's only four of them. Yeah. I mean, it's like you just put those world engines there and you have... You have him, Zod, and Lady Gaga. And why can, do they need the DNA to the the codex, the codex to do anything? Why I, do they need that? Why they got I'm two women? Sure, it was explained. They've got two women and like three men. Why can't they just start repopulating Krypton? They got the the woman who looks like Lady Gaga, and they got the guy. I think because they Eastern wanted Europe. all the babies and the little balls and the, I don't know. on the seaweed and the water, but. but just do it the old-fashioned way. But placing Jonathan Gumption. Kent... Gumption. But placing Jonathan Kent as his background role while um, he, Clark has while this... Russell Crowe had, like, eight times as much, much screen, screen time. time. Yeah. And you're just like, why is this artificial intelligence having so much screen time? He shouldn't be able to interact with Clark like this. This doesn't make any sense. And it's terrible for the structure of the movie. It just... It, you just don't feel anything. I hate it. I, I absolutely right. hate this. All right, so aside, let's get enough anger. Let's Let's, go. Let's let's get get happy. Let's get happy. So let's go to a type of movie that we think this movie takes a lot from, which is the 1970s disaster epic. Yes, disaster movies. Disaster movies. Kind of, kind of made. uh, We were talking a little bit about this, but uh, made, I guess, famous by. I mean, there's always been disaster movies, or still disaster movies, but. Uh, I think you had Airport 1970. Airport, Airport 1970 was the big one that was such a success that it started this whole... Yeah, and that really... Right. It was just like, why the 70s? Like, why were there so many? There was Earthquake. There was a Towering Inferno. Hindenburg. Poseidon Adventure. Poseidon Adventure. God. I mean, it was King just like... King Kong. Yeah, the 70s King Kong. There was just like one after the other after the other. These it was very, movies. very strange. So... 
Uh, yeah, thinking about this movie, even though the, the the first sort of the the Richard Donner Superman was 1978, thinking about this is any time in the 70s. I don't know. I think I said you might have said in passing like 74, and I think that's what I went with. It it doesn't really matter. It's but just a 70s, 70s disaster the movie. 70s. Yeah. So I think our rules, my rule, I think we talked about this too. My rules were um, for the casting. It had to be someone. The Who's... actor had to have been in one of those sort of big. 70s disaster movies. Otherwise, yeah. you just kind of say like 70s actors. But those were kind of my rules. But otherwise, well, I mean, to say a, in a 70s open. disaster movie meant really that you were in a 1970s actor <laughs> because <laughs> you, were, you were probably really big in the 60s, but now you're being uh, exploded okay, in so the 70s. I, I don't know necessarily our listening audience. I mean, we might have some younger listeners. To put this out there, in the 1970s disaster movies, what was the hallmark of a 1970s disaster movie was they were an ensemble piece. You'd have a lot of people who were not necessarily top tier. Well, I mean, a lot of them were top tier actors. Yeah, but sure. they, you'd have like one person who was like a big actor, and then it would be an ensemble of all of these people who were relatively well known. Mm-hmm. Some were known from maybe television. Um, but some were sort of older actors, so, uh, who were big in the fifties and sixties. You'd get your sort of Jack Lemon yeah. would show up. You'd get uh, Dean Martin. In, <laughs> Dean Martin. Uh, show Dean up. Martin in uh, in Earth, Airport. One airport. of the Airport yeah, movies. I think Airport seventy five or seventy seven. Also Jack Lemon. Yeah, but I mean, like, so like you think of the movie San Andreas, which is the latest example of a disaster movie. Mm-hmm. The Rock was the main character, mm-hmm. but you think about all the other people. I think the only other person who was relatively famous in that was Alexandra Daddario, mm. and only people who know her from being topless from uh, True Detective. Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but everyone like, but this would be like The Rock would be in it, and then you'd have like. Six other people right. whose names you'd recognize, and we have a lot. We do still have these movies. We have the day after tomorrow and twenty twelve, and Roland some stuff Emmerich like that. is the big guy who does right. a lot. Even of Independence these. Day, to an extent, is kind of a, uh, a, a disaster. disaster movie, sort of yeah. a disaster slash Dante's Peak, mm-hmm. Volcano. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the natural disaster movies got kind of big again in the in the seventies. But see, that was the thing with the seventies disaster movies is they weren't always natural disasters. Hindenburg, you know, there was. Earthquake, well, yeah, for deep, example, you and could say Swarm, Deep um, Impact, uh, Armageddon. Well, I was thinking yeah. the 70s, they weren't always natural disasters. Yeah, Sometimes they were more man-made. They'd be like terrorists or something. Yeah, oh, airport. Yeah. Taking and, a Phelan 1, 2, 3, mm-hmm. um, that so, sort of thing. Anyway. All right. So anyway, it's Fun good to be stuff. Ex- it's good to have the background. Well, we think. just want to talk about something that we enjoy as yes. opposed to this movie. Okay. So <laughs> in a 1970s disaster movie of Superman, of Man of Steel. Yes. Who is your Superman? Now, I know you had some problems with this. Now, my Superman was the toughest one to cast. Um, Everyone I wanted to play Superman was in their, like, mid to late 40s by the time (laughs) the 70s, like, the early to mid 70s kind of rolled around. Uh, I was thinking of, uh, I thought of Steve McQueen. I thought of Paul Newman. Uh, both in the towering inferno. Yep. Um, I even thought of Dean Martin as Superman. I thought a dr- <laughs> hey, yeah, there, Lois. Yeah, a drunk swinging drink. Superman might be the way to go. But uh, I actually went with uh, someone whose work I'm not all that familiar with until I dug into him a little bit. His name is Richard Chamberlain. Well, yeah, how you not know Richard Chamberlain? I don't know him. King all that Solomon's well. Mind. Yes. I saw him. Okay. Live on stage. Did you really playing King Arthur in Spamalot? Okay. Well, how did 
did I not know that? The man's face looked like Catherine Hellman in Brazil. Richard Chamberlain. That's interesting. <laughs> Richard Chamberlain, uh, known from the, he did some of these movies. He did The Swarm. He did uh, The Towering Inferno. Uh, not the lead role, but um, probably best known on TV for uh, Dr. Kildare. Dr. Kildare. In the 60s. He was sort of a heartthrob. Um, the Thornbirds in the, the 80s. The Thornbirds. Um, also, came out. also starring... Uh, Christopher Reeves. There you go. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. See? It's all tied in. Um, but looking at him during that time period, I was like, that would be great. Like, let's... There he is. That's our guy. So, my Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with someone who was a, a little... He was relatively unknown and didn't really get big until the late 70s. Mm-hmm. But I went with Jeff Bridges from the 1970s remake of King Kong. Oh. The dude as Superman. Superman. Interesting. I think he could pull it off. I also huh. thought about Paul Newman. Paul Newman, of course, was a much older at the time. But, of course, Paul he Newman. He was 49, 50 in, he in was the old. mid-70s. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I decided to go with uh, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Interesting. Um, I think... I think he could have played. He was very, very handsome at the time. Sure. Um, playing opposite of Faye Dunaway, of course, than King Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could have pulled it off. Okay. Uh, who'd you put for your Lois Lane? My Lois Lane. Um, and when I say the name, go ahead and Google the name and the movie that she's in, Airport, and you'll see it. It's Jacqueline Bissett. Oh, you went with Jacqueline Bissett? Really? Yeah. Nice. She's she's as soon as you see her in that movie, you're like, oh yeah, that's Lois. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I can see Jacqueline Jacqueline Bissett's like one of those like family guy butt of jokes. Like they'll make a Jacqueline yeah. Bissett reference. Well, and they go- make Margot Kidder jokes too on that show. <laughs> they so I guess it's appropriate. <laughs> Um. Yeah. If you don't know who Jacqueline Bissett is, you probably didn't grow up in the 1980s. Um, <laughs> That's true. I went with someone from Airport 1975, the sequel to Airport. Um. I went with Karen Black. Nice. As I love Karen Black. Trilogy of Terror. Karen Black. Uh huh. Yeah. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Zuni. Death Ward? Race 2000. Death Race Karen 2000. Black. Karen Black. Now she was older than Jeff Bridges, but I think it would work. Just you know, I'm it's think, okay. I think back to the 77 Superman where. Um, Margot Kidder was older than Christopher Reeves, and yeah. I think it would work. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. This one's it's doable. Well, I just want to reiterate the fact that how much I love recasting this movie so much more than the actual movie itself. <laughs> the version of this movie we're inventing is already superior to the movie that oh, we actually watched. 100 times. 100 times. Um, so who did you cast as your Zod? My General Zod can part the Red Sea. <laughs> Charlton Heston uh, and you are going, <laughs> wait, wait. you're showing me that yours is, is also, also Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Uh, of course, from Earthquake and, and uh, Airport, Airport 75. 75. Okay. Also, there's so many airport movies. God. Well, there's only three. There's Airport, Airport 75, and there's Airport four. 77. And there's Airport 79. The, oh, there's uh, the some... Concord. What is it called? The Concord. Oh, that's called Concord. That's different. But it's Airport 79 is the subtitle. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, on the posters. I think that's what they tried to do is fit it into the franchise. Okay. I think it came out in 1980, but they called it 79. Yeah. But yeah, Concord. It was. It was. I know it was called Concord in this mm-hmm. movies. Um, yeah, Charlton Heston. Why not? Yeah, I mean, he. In the terms of this movie, he would fit that sure. role really well. He looks the part. I'm especially in the era. Yeah, when yeah. He and have, he did the the sort of the sci fi like that. I mean, sometimes it's the lead Omega Man. 
uh, uh, and uh, um, Soylent Green. Soylent Green, yeah. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. That was the late 60s, but still. Yeah, but one. I think he was in a couple of them. So. The Charlton Heston post-apocalyptic trilogy of Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green, and Omega Man is one of the greatest things ever. Because if you ever want to see a man in a leisure suit shoot zombies, you're going to watch <laughs> the Omega Man. It's a great movie. It's really Such is. a good time. So much better than uh, um, uh, I Am Legend. Um, but yeah, it's holy Charlton Heston, and you can see him pulling off the Caesar haircut that. Uh, oh yeah, the Michael Shannon pulls off. Oh yeah. Um, who did? Okay, so let's do this together. Let's do like your. Did you do a Ma and podcast? I did. Um, let's let's. I have two sets for my parents for okay. my for my right. Ma and podcast. I only have put, one. Who'd you put as your Ma and podcast? My podcast is the great. William Holden. Oh, nice. From the Towering Inferno. Yes. And my Ma Kent is the Hindenburgs and Bancroft. Oh, wow. I'm surprised you didn't pick either of mine. Wow. I'm not, not saying that yours are, are no, not bad. but there's so many to there's choose so from. There's so many to choose that from. There's a ton of great choices. There are so many good choices, and both of those are really good. Um, Bill Holden. <laughs> William, <laughs> I love William me Holden. my Bill Holden. Um, so my my first one I'm gonna, I'll talk about is my... My kind of my personal choice, which I think would be like, I'd really like to see this. So from the Poseidon Adventure from Ma Kent, I went with Shelley Winters. Okay. I thought about her. Definitely. In my Pa Kent from Earthquake, I went with Lorne Green, also oh. known as as uh, Commander Adama from Battlestar Galactica, the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And interesting. Uh, from uh, uh, Bonanza. Uh-huh. You know. Those were my those were my first two. I thought they okay. could both pull off that country, especially Lauren Green. I was really hoping you were going to say her in a support guy. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, so for my 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 second choice, which I believe is the more the higher casting, like the Kevin Costner prestige cast uh-huh. of it, um, I went with my Ma Kent is Olivia De Havilland from Ooh. Airport seventy seven, and Jimmy Stewart. Also from Airport 77. Oh, Jimmy Stewart's a good pick. Oh, Clark, you, you can't use your powers for, for your own personal gain. you got to use it to, to save humanity. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart would never say you should have let those people die. No, no, Clark, you, you, you did the right thing. Oh, you gotta, yeah, that's a good pick. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's do older Jimmy Stewart. Oh, no, Clark, you gotta, you did the right thing. Liberty Valance Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm talking, I'm talking like, yeah. like, Five Goes West Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's my prestige casting. Um, uh, I have one more I did cast. Did you cast a Jor-El? Uh, I did not cast a Jor-El. All but, right. But, um, I had an idea of who I wanted for my Jor-El. Who'd you put for your Jor-El? My Jor-El from the original airport is Burt Lancaster. Nice. Yeah. I just really like the idea of having a like a foreign actor. Um I thought <laughs> to start speaking Italian at some point. I thought Robert Vaughn would be a good Jorel. Uh, what's it what's he in? Uh, uh, he's in everything. He's everything, literally everything. in everything. Yeah. Um he's in airport, he's in earthquake, he's in towering inferno. He's in all of those movies. Okay. Robert Vaughn's in Fair all enough. those movies. Um I just really want to put him in Okay, so I have a Perry White. Oh. My Perry White is Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> oh, there you go. Nice. 
I want pictures of Superman. Let's give me pictures. <laughs> um, I also thought that we needed to have cameos by George Kennedy, O.J. Simpson, and Leslie Nielsen in all these movies. That was, well, I mentioned this when we were watching the movie, but I really wanted there to be a Jimmy Olsen in this movie. And I get there's a Jenny, Jenny Olsen, Olsen, which yeah. I was like, nah, okay. But I really wanted there to be a Jimmy Olsen because that would have been my O.J. Simpson. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted the Naked Gun yes. uh, triumvirate to be in this movie. Yes. The ship is now resting exactly where it landed two hours ago, and so far there is no sign of life from inside it. Troops have been rushed across the Potomac River from Fort Myer and have thrown a cordon around the ship. They are supported by tanks, artillery, and machine guns. Behind the police lines, there's a huge crowd of curiosity seekers. The Army has taken every precaution to meet any emergency which may develop. Every eye, every weapon is trained on the ship. It's been that way for two hours, and the tension is just beginning. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. All right, so your top three. We're talking about, uh, in honor of the the Kryptonian invasion of Earth, we are talking about our top three alien invasion movies. Now, I know you think we hit, we're going to have some cross, crossover on I this. Think I think we, we might, might have one. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I went one. with some pretty big, well-beloved movies. But I, I, I have a lot of honorable mentions that maybe maybe yeah. those are yours. But uh, what's your number three? My number three is a little indie movie that we talked about on a previous podcast. Oh, uh, I know what it is. It's Slither. Slither. Yes. James Gunn James Gunn Slither. Slither. It's an honorable mention for me, I think. Yeah. Maybe top five. Um, fantastic cast. Mm-hmm. One of the better Alien Invasion movies. Nathan um, Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Michael uh, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Um, what's her face from The Office? Pam from The Office is yeah, in it. Yeah, Jenna Fisher. Jenna mm-hmm. Fisher's in it. Elizabeth Banks. Fantastic yeah. cast. So fun. Well-written script. Fun body comedy, body horror comedy. Mm-hmm. I think it works. Gross out. But Very in a good way, in an okay way, because I've expressed in the podcast before, I don't really get into sort of the gross out sort of gore stuff. Yeah. This isn't really gory, but it's it's gross. But it's okay because the script is so fun, it and the really movie is. has so much fun with itself. Yeah. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is a remake, the nineteen seventy eight remake. Of invasion of the body snatchers, <laughs> the Donald, the Donald, Donald Sutherland, Sutherland invasion of the body. The, the original is good. The nineteen fifty whatever seven, I want to say six yeah. seven. Uh, body snatchers is good. It's it's that I can't good do that scream that he does. At the end. Yeah, there there you go. <clears throat> That's really hard to do. Cold. The, yeah, and my throat is not what it what it used to be. Um. It's it, it, the original is that sort of classic like black and white like anti communist picture era, yeah. yeah invasion uh, alien invasion sci fi movie but the but the <clears throat> excuse me the uh, I'm still choking from the Donald Sutherland impression the uh, the seventy eight version is just like that's pure like it's almost a horror movie it's cheap it's just it's yeah it's very it's a little bit cheesy. Um, but it's, it's it's so fun. I don't know if I'd go a little bit cheesy. That movie is pure <laughs> cheese, but it's good pure cheese. Yes, it's, it's what a, you want. It's a it's a good it's a good cheese. It's a good nice. It's nice a good cheese. It's a brie. It's yeah. a it's a room temperature ten dollar a pound room brie. temperature cheese. Yeah, 
Going for it. All right, right, room temperature brie. You don't want room temperature cheese. You want room temperature brie. That's true. That's true. Um, My number two is a movie that I've already mentioned this podcast. And all I have to say, Kevin, is welcome to Earth. (laughs) Really? My number two best alien adventure. You like that movie that much? I absolutely love Independence Day. Independence Day is one of my... I remember going to see that movie. I think it was 97 it came out. 96. 96. 96, 97. Yeah, Yeah. thereabouts. It was the summer of 96. Big Willy Weekend. That movie just... Okay, there's a couple things that I love about this movie. One, I absolutely love movies, love Roland Emmerich movies, because they play on stereotypes a lot, and I love stereotypes in movies. So, of course, you have Hardy Firestein is the very, the very gay... He's playing the gay character. He's playing yeah. all of the gay people of America. You have Jeff Goldblum as all of the science people in America. You have Jed Nelson playing all the Jewish people Judd in Hirsch. America. Judd Hirsch. Sorry, not Judd Nelson. <laughs> not the Breakfast Club. Uh, no, Judd, Judd Nelson. Nelson. Judd Hirsch is... My David? Are you talking about my David? <laughs> And wow. you have Will Smith playing all of the black men of America. Um, and, you know, he can't be an astronaut because he has a stripper girlfriend who has a kid already. And it's like, she doesn't need to be a stripper in that movie. But you just just why not? It, the movie has no pretenses to it. And it's wow. all just a wink and a nod. And it's fun. And it's got Adam Baldwin as a Secret Service agent. And it's got um, Brent Spiner as the, as the scientist. Mm-hmm. And... Th- the true love of that movie relies on the fact that um, Jeff Goldblum is able to hack into an alien spaceship using an Apple computer yeah. and upload a virus. Now, every single movie where we talk about hacking into a computer and uploading a virus comes from that movie. That movie came out in a movie at a time before we actually had computers to hack into things. <laughs> and that's where we learned the term hack was from that movie. And it was a hack script, but we loved it. We Ugh. ate it up. And the aliens were evil, and they had a giant moon-sized spaceship, and they're coming back this summer, Kevin. They're they are coming, coming back, back. And this summer's going to be our Independence Day again. And Jeff, oh, not to mention uh, Pullman, Bill Pullman coming up and giving that great Independence Day speech, mm-hmm. and Randy Quaid flying the airplane saying, I'm back! It's just so perfect on every level of the term perfect for a bad movie that you love. Wow. Well, I'm a little disappointed that you called... uh, If... If Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a room temperature brie... (laughs) Yeah. um, Independence Day is... uh, not even craft singles. No. It's just like the big block of craft. No, that's no, no, just no. like no, no, no. You a know what? Big hunk lung. Is it like store brand? No, no, no. American cheese. What Independence Day is is cheese whiz. It's a can full of compressed no. cheese that you I put think in it's your slices mouth. of American cheese. No, no, no. I think it's slices no, no, no. of American cheese. It's called Independence Day, Joe. <laughs> it's it's a thing. That, it's a can of cheese that you take in your mouth and you don't even decide to put on your wheat thins. You don't even put it you on just the cracker put it in your mouth and you go. Oh. I don't know, In man. In your mouth. It's and- called... You know what? It is the craft Singles, because the craft Singles just create waste. You just you have to individually <laughs> unwrap with, with non-biodegradable plastic my that David? just ends up in the ocean. Are you talking about my David? Like you all don't talk the to my David that wrap, way. Like all the shrink wrap on every we DVD go- copy that's sold Oof. of Independence Day. We have to go to... What is it called? What is it called? Area 51. We have to I go to Area 51. <laughs> I do not hate Independence Day. The effects... Uh, the effects are very up. good. The the physical, the practical effects, effects when they blew up yeah. the model, there's our White House look great. 
all of the, the uh, ma- digital the, effects yeah, they look don't. like uh, cheese whiz. They do look really bad. Like when the scene um, when the fire is going through the tunnel, it looks terrible. Anyway, what's your number two? It's, yeah, I, I, I okay. Uh, <laughs> my number two is a very different kind of alien invasion movie. Um, my number two is important. Yeah? My number two means something. 1977's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I was just thinking about that scene with The Simpsons where he's making the the, uh, the, the circus the big sets. top. The, the circus has the big top, which where he makes the mountain. Uh, it's a different kind of movie. I I think that is a. I, it's just it's such a quintessential movie. I think um, it's Spielberg hitting on all of his cylinders just it's You're, right after jaws just doing what he does it's a hell of a story i'm richard dreyfus i this means something it's a it's a it's something that it's a very great movie. it's the movie that it's the reaction to aliens that you kind of wish that the people in man of steel had where yeah. it was just more of like awe instead of just this like horror like there, and I don't know. Maybe it's just a perspective thing. Like maybe like that was a much more optimistic movie to the cynicism of Man of Steel. But I don't know. I, I think when I think of alien invasion movies, obviously ninety nine percent of them are the aliens are coming to destroy us. Except for that movie, they're coming to. I don't know. We're gonna play music. We're gonna play a game of Simon. I don't know. <laughs> no. The, All right. So you the, may well, the, well that uh, just to piggyback on close yeah. Third it is Close Encounters of the Third Kind is an example of how you want to learn how a movie is shot. Like, if sure, you want yeah. an example of great cinematography, uh, Close Encounters of the Third, time, Third Kind is one of the best shot movies of all time. Yeah. Some of the shots are just so awe-inspiring, like, in the framing of that yeah. movie, it boggles your mind of how, like... Why aren't movies shot like that anymore? Yeah, I don't think anybody needs to hear a, like a defense of Steven Spielberg and why Steven Spielberg is important and relevant. Like, yeah. I think he's someone, he's a director that, like, you know, our audience is going to definitely know and kind of be able to relate to and appreciate. But that's still a movie that, like, if you're ever wondering, like, you know, yeah, you know, like Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and some of his recent stuff, like, if you want to really get into it, like, go back, you know, obviously you know Jaws, but even the one-two punch of Jaws and Close Encounters, just just get in there. And as much as I hate E.T., go back and watch E.T. E.T. is a very nice, I was just talking about that. Movie. My wife does not like E.T. And we were talking like about, e. we were talking about getting, I haven't seen it in forever, and we were talking about doing a Steven Spielberg-a-thon, you know? That's and rough. Getting into everything, starting with Duel. And going all the way... That was his first movie, yeah. 71? I don't know. Yeah. And getting all the way through uh, this Spies. year's the, the, the BFG. Saw Bridge of Spies. Liked it. Yeah, I gotta see that, yeah. Um, liked it. Not great, but liked it. Liked it a lot. Anyway. Uh, so you, you made sit, such you... a compelling case for Independence Day as a number one pick. I can't imagine... You've got something you liked even better. I got something way better. Is it Killing I, Clowns from Outer Space? No, that, that I will, I'll talk about Killing Clowns a little later. I know what your number one is already. You but know, my it, number is, one is my number one. Your number one? Or? No, it, it's not. I it's different. Um, but I know what your number one is, and it's it's on my honorable mention. But my number one, Kevin. I'm here for one reason only. <laughs> I knew it. And I it's knew the it. Kick ass and chew bubble gum. I and knew I'm it. All out of bubble gum. You know. 
That is a regrettable one for me because I don't know that I've ever seen. It's impossible. All of that movie. You can't sit through that movie because the the fight scene alone between Roddy Roddy Piper. We're t- we're talking about they, they live. Nineteen eighty seven. Let me look at it. Let me look. I I just I just have they live because I was eighty five. Like, if you want this, uh, the specifics on it. Holy crap! I can't even type because I'm. That's okay. I'll. I'll Nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, eighty-eight. Okay. All right. The fight scene between Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David. The twenty-minute slow-motion fight scene between the two of them will drag on any movie. But that movie is just so brilliant. And it's everything. a goofy movie from what I've seen. The little bit that I've seen, I really um, need to sit down and watch it. That it's was goofy, but it's for the same reasons <clears throat> that like, um, uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Is a goofy movie. Yeah, Dawn yes. of the Dead. People talk about that being the quintessential zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Hold up in the mall and everything like that. It's a goofy movie. Look at how seventies every zo- the- like the se- It's so- it's the most seventies movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Besides, like I don't know, Serpico. Serpico is a pretty seventies movie. It's pretty much Dawn of the Dead and Serpico are the 70s for me. <laughs> Serpico, the only good cop left. <laughs> is Dawn of the Dead the oh, only zombie? Oh, and Death Wish. Yeah, Death, Death Wish, which we talked about last time. Yeah. Uh, um, this movie, uh, They Live, of course, is a movie about Roddy Ray Piper who discovers that zombie uh, aliens have taken over America and they're forcing this consumer society so that they can take over. He's got these special and glasses got, that he finds. And you've got these special glasses. And you can see through their facade. And every billboard yeah. actually says things like, like consume, consume and, and obey. Yeah, and obey. Yeah. It's it's so... The the, the influence that it's had on, on American culture is yeah. so pervasive that you don't even realize that it's from that movie. Yeah. And when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, shit, that's where they got it from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's a fantastic... I really need to sit and watch that movie because we've talked about it several times, and I know that I've seen parts of it. It's one of those, like, late-night, catch-it-on-TV, like, that's how I would see Starring all those Rowdy Roddy Piper. Right. That's how I saw a lot of crazy movies, like Night of the Comet, and, like, uh, just this, the precursors to movies like Slither, you know, like yeah. that kind of stuff, like Mutant, Alien Invasion, I Was a Teenage Zombie. That kind of stuff. Like, okay, like, I need to sit down and watch that. You said that you predicted my number one. What is my number one? Um, I, okay, now I'm kind of regretting this. I said, I'm putting I put you on the there. spot because I yeah. just want you to say, like, I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say the thing. All right. Well, you know me pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you do know me pretty well. 1982's The, the, the thing. thing. John Carpenter. Another remake of a yeah. 50s movie. Far superior remake. Um, that's another one where that's... Uh, it's a great it's movie. Gro- it's a it's gross-out movie in yeah. a way. There's a lot of really grotesque effects. All practical, where if you watch them, <laughs> I was watching clips from this movie, you know, while I was kind of putting this list together, and I was just like horrified. Like, I've seen this movie like half a dozen times, and I'm still just horrified at the scene with all the dogs, and it's yeah. turning into the thing, and it's just like, and then it's strangling dogs, they're shooting at it, and, and then Kurt like the Russell, tentacles come out, and then they got the guy with the flamethrower, and they're like, Kurt Russell on. is so great in that Kurt movie. Kurt Russell, bearded Kurt Russell, shooting at the monster. It's John Carpenter, so it's all done on a budget, so it's all really, like, creepy and weird yeah. and atmospheric, and the soundtrack is all done by Kurt 
John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's all weird and yep. atmospheric and atonal. It's few years, couple years, only a couple years after uh, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, that was eighty two to to seventy eight. And so. a couple years before Big Trouble in Little China. So. Yeah, yeah. His Kurt Russell uh, love affair begins there, but uh, yeah. it's a it's a great movie, and that's part of the reason I didn't put it on my list is because I knew it was going to be you know, okay. One. That's why I thought we were going to have so much crossover because I did go with three very kind of well known popular movies out of your three i predicted two of them i knew that invasion of the bodies the donald southern baby yeah well, that's because we've talked about it oh it's, it's a great times. movie many but that's, times it's part of the reason why i didn't pick those movies because some of them could have been on my list like mm-hmm. the thing probably could have been on my list yeah. i didn't pick them because i was like i know kevin's gonna pick you them. know what's an honorable mention for me uh in the league i guess of your and actually starring one of the same uh same lead actors as one of your picks is uh big willie Men in Black. Men in Black. That's a great... I would put that on my list. I think that's a fun one that I caught Big not Willy that Weekend. long ago. That uh, I think is super fun. Uh, the sequel, not so much. I have not seen Men in Black 3. But Men in Black 3 is terrible. Men in, the, the original Men in Black is a good time. It's a fun movie. Makes um, its case early and consistently. I have three movies on my honorable mention list. Like movies that could have made either of our lists mm-hmm. um one is a lesser known one called the arrival starring charlie sheen it's an alien invasion movie <gasps> yes it's a, oh my god it's a great movie i know that movie it's real dark right it's very dark and it's a gr- it's charlie sheen wearing a, a i go- caught that that's another one i caught randomly on television double uh, like really it's one of those ones that it's like check it out because you you'll be surprised how much mm-hmm. you like it it's like charlie sheen movie from like the mid 90s and it was it's not something that you would really expect. Yeah. Um species I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, species is fun. Natasha Henstridge back when mm-hmm. before like internet porn, that's where you went to go see nudity. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um Killer Clowns from Outer Space, great silly horror movie. Very ridiculous. And one of the ones that defined the nineties for me, which was the faculty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um John uh, Stewart. Um the Del Toro directed that, right? Robert Rodriguez. Uh, sorry, it's Robert Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Robert Rodriguez directed it. It's a fantastic movie. Um, you know, Josh Hartnett is the main character in there. It, but just like it's, it defined the night. It was one of those movies that defined the nineties. It was. Uh, I think Harvey Danger was on the soundtrack. So it's like, why not love the faculty? I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. All right, so uh, Man of Steel, Kevin. Let's bring it back to Man of Steel. What grade are you going to give the abomination, the aggressive abomination of a Man of Steel? I think the cast that we've talked about is great. Yes. In the horrible parts they're given with the wretched script that they have to work with. Yep. Um. I do like a lot of the shots. I think this is a more artful film than it probably needs to be. Yep. That said, it is empty. It is aggressive. It is... Rapey. (laughs) Insipid. It is hostile. It has no real character development. Um, I'm going to give it a D. I'm going to give this movie a D-. minus. Wow. The I gentleman's f. The gentleman's f is everything that you say on it. This movie is the the biggest sin that it has is it's boring. Yeah, 
number one thing, it's a two and a half hour boring movie. Yeah. Where I don't care about anything that right. happens in this movie. Right. It is the biggest sin you could possibly have with a comic movie is being boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I agree with you about everything else. It's a great cast, but give them something they, to they do. Don't, yeah, they have nothing to do. It's they Chris, have absolutely nothing to do. You're going to put Christopher Maloney in a movie, and what does he do? <laughs> I did, don't know. What was his name, Kevin? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure I know anyone's name except for the characters we mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. The, I, no, I, there were no characters in this movie. There were just actors milling around. It's This movie is awful on every level, and it's one of those movies that people will defend. They're like, oh, I like this movie. Well, why? Well, yeah. well because I saw it. Um, <laughs> I think people who are defending this movie aren't maybe as familiar. Like, their go-to for comic book movies is the are the you know the Nolan, Nolan movies, movies and yeah. that's and they like that this has a lot of sort of shades of that without really thinking through it and saying like well yeah but those movies had sort of themes beyond Superman is Jesus like okay. there wasn't it didn't do anything the, with the that. movie's name is the Dark Knight the movie's allowed to be dark when dark is in the title right the name the guy's name is. He's Superman. He's the man of tomorrow. Like, there has to be optimism. There has to be hope. Mm-hmm. There has to be some sort of, like, faith in humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's another thing is, like, the, the whole Jesus thing. There's, like, this concept of, of faith and hope. None of that is portrayed in this movie. No, they didn't do anything with the Jesus symbolism. It was just like, nah, I'm a pick earth. Yeah. I'm going to save the earthlings and we're going to punch and then I'm going to break your neck and you're dead. Yeah. That's it. And he felt very okay later with his decision to kill Zod. Yeah. He was cracking wise by the end of it. Cracking wise. (laughs) You know, he was having some fun with it right in the last two minutes. That was the only time this movie had any fun with itself. Having great time. Having... Yeah, and literally the last ten minutes of it were the only two jokes that were cracked and they weren't even jokes. They were just like a levity. That was the tone that the whole movie should have had. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a mess. I'm I'm not sure what if anything. I I think a movie has to be... um, I don't know. I'm not sure what will give a movie a a D minus or, or God forbid, an F... Uh, for me, but this is as close. This is definitely the lowest grade I think I'm giving a movie. I know we we hate Thor, and we talked about is this movie worse than Thor? I think that this movie is worse than Thor. I I, I might agree with you. I think that this movie is offensively bad. Right, like Thor, Thor is, is just, just kind bad. of dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. Thor is a dumb movie. It this, doesn't really go anywhere or do anything or this have movie, any. But yeah. it also has fun while it's doing it. Everybody's kind of like, hey, they try to have fun at least, palling around on the. This set. movie's offensively bad. Yeah, it's this like movie it, wants. This movie hates you. This Man m- of Steel hates you. If you defend Man of Steel, you are uh, like someone who is a victim of abuse defending their abuser, and you need to um, seek help. Yeah, you, you need, need to, to seek help for you it. I'm re- sorry. Uh, you know, reaffirm like reality. Yeah. It's, this movie is offensively this bad. This movie does not it's like you. It's aggressively offensive. Zack Snyder does not like you. I'm, Zack Snyder hates you. I can't wait for us to do 300. Uh, I can't wait for us to do Man of Steel versus Batman. <laughs> what is it called? Batman v Superman. Dog Bats Justice. v Supes. 
colon Donna uh, Justice. I can't wait for us to do that because that will mean that Zack Snyder's DC movies are over. Yeah. And we never have to talk about it again. <sighs> John Henry was a sweet loving man roasting all over the land And he said, fool, I let that old steam drip beat me down I'll die with my hammer in my hand, Lord, Lord Die with my hammer in my hand Now the man that played that old steam drip Go to planetarbitrary.com for your Planet Arbitrary needs. You can follow me on Twitter at Planet Arbitrary. You can follow Kevin at... At White Says. Like our Facebook page, Backslash Comic Book Logic. Hey, Facebook.com slash Comic Book Logic. I think we should put up a poll for our next non uh, new release movie. Yeah. Uh, I We've a- got, uh, so we have on our schedule, we actually have two two openings yeah. between Bats v. Soups and Civil War. Yeah. I think I honestly think that be, Civil War we should do we should try and find a copy of the old Captain America so mm-hmm. that would leave one opening before one opening and what will it be we will put up a poll we'll come up with let's come up with a couple like a three line I would say like like we'll come the, up with three Daredevil I think should be one of them or the Daredevil the Ben Affleck film, Daredevil. Ben Affleck Daredevil okay yeah, that should definitely be one of them at least all right one of the one of the ideas. Um, I also think we should put 300 on there so we could get Zack Snyder Ooh. out of the way. Oh, God. We're going to review both of them eventually, but which one should we do first? And uh, I have do you both have a on third DVD. One? Do you have a third one? Do we want to? Do we want to do when it comes to? The or do you want to just have it? Do you want to narrow it down? It's going to be one of those two. Maybe we should do that. And yeah. let's put people. Let's let's maybe we'll give them an other option and we'll let people write in if they what have you want. Yeah. All right. So check out facebookcom slash comic book logic we will have a poll up there uh please participate in that also like our sister podcast comic uh game classy podcast which is all about tabletop gaming hosted by me as well as steve where we talk about all things tabletop rpgs mini games uh card games all that fun stuff as well as Petro Video Game Review Podcast aka play on which is all about video games that's video games that's steve my co-host from come uh, from Play On uh, from Game Classy hosts with Pat B, one of the great video retro video gamer collectors out there, and we're gonna go to a a, a game auction tomorrow. Ooh. This will be fun. Yeah. Um, the best thing you can do to help out the podcast is like, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, which is Comic Book Logic. We have our own iTunes feed. Go on there, comment. Yes. Comment, Please comment. subscribe, even if you only listen to it on the website uh, or you listen to it on YouTube or whatever. Just subscribe to it on iTunes, and then I don't know, just delete the episodes or something. But uh, yeah. definitely subscribe to it because that helps us out, and uh, that'll help us out with sponsors and in, stuff in the best way possible. You could tell us that we're f- that we're just a bag of dicks, but give us the oh, five yeah. stars. That's, That's all fine. that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we don't actually need your real opinion. Just, just, just do that. So you can also listen to us on YouTube, which we're under the Game Classy podcast feed oh, on YouTube. There you go. And we're also we have our we're under the Game Classy uh, Reddit subreddit, our Ooh. Game Classy, where you can listen to us as well. Just links to stuff. Um, so Kevin, until next time, what'd you think of the game, Dick Splash? <laughs> Comic what? logic. <laughs>